advantage of the day. Right. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. Yeah. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Hello once again, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Defending the Kingdom. Mitch Holtis with you, the voice of the Chiefs, along with Matt Statt himself. Uh, Matt McMullen, Kansas City Chiefs reporter. This episode we are calling Bounce Backs, Comebacks, Alex Smith and the Chargers. And Matt, as always, we're brought to you by the incredible people at 360 Vodka, Kansas City's hometown vodka and the official vodka of the Chiefs' kingdom, 360 Vodka. Okay. Bounce backs, comebacks, Alex Smith and the Chargers. This is going to be a special episode because it really is centered around what has made Alex Smith such a unique player and human being in the hearts of everyone in the Chiefs' kingdom and now around the National Football League after it's been chronicled with this comeback. But it's also a great example of two teams this week in the Chiefs and Chargers that have to bounce back because the sense of urgency is here even in late September. Yeah, so we planned on having Alex in this week's show weeks ago. We knew we'd plug him in here, and how perfect is it now that we're coming off of the loss against the Ravens? It was just a total heartbreaker of a loss. We were both there, and it's one of those losses that's a gut punch. I mean, there's no easy way about it. But what do you do to respond to that? You approach the next week uh, with a fresh mindset. You learn from the loss. You digest what went wrong, and you go into the next week and turn the page. And that's what the Chiefs have been so good at over the years. Uh, I have one kind of fun little symmetry thing that I've been looking at this week where if you look at the Chiefs' last true road loss. It was 679 days to the date from the Baltimore loss. It was way back in 2019, week 10 of that season against the Tennessee Titans. The Chiefs lost that game. It was another weird game where they carried a two-score lead into the fourth quarter. Some things went kind of wonky, and they lost because of some weird plays. One of those games you feel like you should have won, but what do you do after that? The Chiefs turned the page, won 13 consecutive games after that going into the next season. That includes Super Bowl 54. And who was the first game that started that streak? The LA Chargers in Mexico City. Hoping that uh, that pattern continues here this time around. But yeah, Alex Smith, what a, what a warrior that guy's been, both on and off the field. Changed so many things here. We'll hear from him later, but uh, also a great comeback on his resume against the Chargers as well. So you're saying you want to move this game to Mexico City? That's the, that's the idea, yes, if we can. Okay, well, yeah. we'll find some flights maybe? Convince 73,000 Chiefs fans at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium about that. They're like, no, we'll try to do it here. But here come the Chargers and Chiefs in a key AFC West showdown. Just to give you kind of the uh, sense of urgency here, it was, it was on post game on the Chiefs Radio Network, and I get interviewed by Art Haynes. That's part of the uh, post game segments. And it was after the Baltimore game, again, you're trying to get blood back in your face and oxygen in your lungs after that loss. But Art goes at the end of the interview with me, he says, one of these teams is going to be one and two on Sunday night. Now, when he said it, it made me pause for a second. I hadn't thought it in those terms, but here are the Chiefs and Chargers on this collision as AFC West rivals. But one of these two teams will be an unexpected one and two on Sunday night. Well, the Chargers for years have had so much talent, and particularly with Justin Herbert now. They're a really good team with a lot of bad luck over the last year with Justin Herbert. I mean, eight times they've lost a game by fewer than a touchdown over since the beginning of last year, and that continued uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. So they've had a lot of bad luck, uh, hoping that, that bad luck continues here against the Chiefs. But the reason the, the loss against Baltimore was so surprising is the Chiefs are usually on the other side of that, where they're coming back, they're winning these games, they know how to close out games because they have a championship mentality. The Chiefs still have that. The Chargers are still kind of building it, I think. But when you're the Chiefs, once again, this is the kind of game where you're playing an AFC West rival, a team that you know very well on your home turf. You want to reassert yourself and say, hey, 
we're putting what happened last week behind us. We're moving forward now, and we're not going to let that linger and snowball. The Chiefs have been so good about not letting losses snowball, uh, particularly during the Patrick Mahomes era, and looking for that to continue here against the Chargers. Now, before we go further, one of these days we're going to put a graphic back here behind us for those of you watching us and do like a pin map of where you say that you uh, watch and listen to Defending the Kingdom. Now, our goal is to be on every continent. Everyone. On the earth. And we've, every week we've brought up some new places, uh, both in the States and beyond uh, the borders of our great nation. But you've got a few this week that are pretty cool. Yeah, I've, I've looked back at the last few weeks to gather some different locations here. So we have a listener in Tanzania, so in Africa. Yep. Uh, Denny in the Philippines, so that's Asia. Um, we have a listener in Belgium. We're in Europe. Uh, Ray in Belize. I know Belize is Central America. Can we count that as South America for the purposes of this? Nah, but we got somebody in there. Don't we have Bolivia or something? Oh, we got Columbia, some South I think. Yeah, yeah, we okay. got Colombia already. Somebody's okay. down there. We got South America. But either way, Belize, still pretty cool. Yeah, um, real cool. Brian in Moldova. That's in Eastern Europe. I know I already <laughs> hit Belgium, but I mean, you have a listener in Eastern Europe and Moldova. You have to mention him. So shout out to Brian. Uh, then lastly, David in Australia. So we're almost there. We need Antarctica is the idea, like a penguin or something, or someone that's on an expedition. Shackleton. We'll get it. All we got to do is shout it out there. You know somebody from Antarctica, get him, tell him about defending the kingdom, send him the link, and we are good to go. We'll put you on the show. We'll have a live hit from Antarctica. Yeah, I think we're going to do a, a Hy-Vee Chiefs uh, Kingdom Monday Night Show <laughs> from Eastern Europe sometime. We should. We should, shouldn't we? You're going to be in on that. You'll be the guest I'm that down. week. Okay, let's do it. Uh, <laughs> now as we move on to bounce backs, comebacks, Alex Smith uh, and the Chiefs and the Chargers, because Alex ties into all of these, yeah. uh, on, honestly. But let's just look at the AFC West, too, before we jump into Alex. Now, we know the Chiefs have been dominant in this division. Five straight division titles. That ties the all-time AFC West record with the Raiders of the 70s and the Peyton Manning era of the Broncos in the teens, 20-teens. But here are the Chiefs taking over 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. 26 and 4 in those five years. But two of the four losses at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium to this team coming in Sunday, the Chargers. Two crazy losses, too. Because so since 2015, I'll even go a year further here, the Chiefs are 31-5 and five yeah. in the AFC West. And to um, show how impressive that is. And that goes all the way back to the Jamal Charles fumble against yeah, the Broncos. Yeah, it does. Game. Which yeah. We talked about it before. That's when I was in like the top two seats in the <laughs> yeah. corner watching it. And I'm just like, what just happened? But a lot of divisional success since that game uh, a long time ago. And 31-5 and five in that, that span. No other team has compiled a streak like that against their own division since divisional realignment in 2002. And for further context in that span every other team in the NFL including the Patriots and the Packers teams that have won a lot of games against their own division have lost at least 10 divisional games so think how crazy that is the dominance the Chiefs have had over the AFC West is truly unprecedented no one else has ever done this before and looking to keep it going here against the Chargers they're 10 and 2 against the Chargers in that span you mentioned the two losses both here at home Crazy weird losses, though. The first one was the 2018 primetime game where the Chiefs had, I think, a two-touchdown lead with, like, five minutes left. Yeah. Crazy stuff happened. Last play of the game, they went for two and got it as time expired. Yeah, the walk-off two-pointer. And Phillip yeah. Rivers walking by like this. I'm just like, man, get out of here. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah that, was, a pick. that was one loss. And then, of course, last year when the starters didn't play. So you kind of have an asterisk. We talked about that on Kingdom Combos yeah. uh, about that game. So a lot of success against this division. You can't take it for granted. This Chargers team is very good, but you want to keep that going and if you're the Chargers you look at the Chiefs you're trying to get over that hump looking at the Chiefs you're like why can't we beat this these guys what do we have to do to beat them and for the Chiefs you just keep it going you keep having success and I think getting off to a good start on Sunday will go a long way in this game yeah we've talked about that even first downs first start on every drive first down defense and first down offense 
it will be paramount this week against the Chargers. But in digging into the Chargers this week, it's interesting, especially on defense, and I don't want people to take this wrong, but it's if the Chargers have built their defense every day, they're looking at a way to build the defense into something that would look like Tampa Bay's defense in Super Bowl 55 or something that would be kryptonite for the Chiefs. I mean, even to the point where it maybe you can say cost them the Dallas game because they've gone to lighter, faster linebackers. Kazir White is a lighter, faster linebacker, right? Dorian O'Daniel type. Uh, hybrid. Hybrid type. And then you look at, at Murray. Kenneth Murray's the same way. Well, here came the Bron- uh, Broncos. I'm sorry. Here came the Cowboys and just ran it at them. There was a lot of physical play there done by uh, the Cowboys in that game. It still boils down, though, to Herbert throws a pick in the red zone, throws it in the end zone, or the Chargers probably win this game. But you see my point. It's like when they put the blueprints out on the table in Charger land, they're going, how do we beat the Chiefs? And that's in March, April, May, or June. As a result, they've kind of built this defense, and they've done it. We know about Bosa. Uh, we know about Joey Bosa being a great off-edge rusher. But they get then the bigs up front, Tillery and some others. Then in the back end, I really like Asante Samuel Jr. We both did in the draft. Uh, we know Derwin James is a superb athlete. He can kind of do it all. Uh, Chris Harris Jr. is back there. He's still around. Uh, the old Bronco and KU Jayhawk. But to me, they have built their team to beat the Chiefs. Yeah, and I think your point about the rushing attack was very valid because if you look at what the Cowboys did, they rushed for 198 yards last week against the Chargers. They averaged 6.4 yards per rush. Very difficult if you're allowing that many yards every single time. And what's interesting about this group is that rushing attack really plays into the stat I'm going to give you here. As good as they've been defensively, they've only allowed three touchdowns all year long. And, of course, I've been one and one in two low-scoring games. But on first down, they're allowing at least four yards on 72% of first-down play. Very tough to win games if you're allowing that many yards on first down because it just opens up the playbook. So what I'm looking at this game as is the Chiefs obviously don't run the ball a whole lot, but what happened against Baltimore, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has the fumble. You don't want him thinking about that all season long. You want him to move on. Give him the ball against the Chargers. Run the ball a whole lot. Force them to stop the run. And all of a sudden, if the Chiefs are committed to running the football against the Chargers, that opens things up for Patrick Mahomes and this offense. We've seen him make some great plays to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey over the years against the Chargers. So very interested to see if right out of the gate, um, for the sake of Clyde Edwards-Alaire's confidence, give him the football early on in this game, see what he can do, and that could open things up offensively. You see my point, though. They had Denzel Perryman. They had Melvin Ingram. You know, girthier guys that's not even a word um <laughs> but girth yeah now they've gone from girth to speed because they go we've got to deal with kelsey and tyree kill uh-huh. and we're going to go get these elite dbs but our linebackers have got to be speedy guys and the cowboys are like oh okay <laughs> we, we have zeke elliott yeah we Tony got pollard. zeke elliott and, and, and pollard we're going to run pollard i mean he was as effective as zeke in that game so to me it's very interesting to see how the chiefs will react and both teams need to bounce back all right that segues us in now to where we want to focus the remainder of this Defending the Kingdom podcast. And again, by by the way, brought to you by the great people at 360 Vodka, Kansas City's hometown vodka, and the official vodka of the Chiefs' kingdom. But Alex Smith has a tie to both of these franchises, and he might be the most comebackish kid uh, <laughs> of comebacks. Now, he grew up in San Diego with the Chargers as a Charger fan. He was a legend at Helix High School, the Highlanders. That was my nickname for Alex when he's walking around. Hey, Helix. I still, <laughs> when I saw him, hey, Helix. So he knows it. Uh, but when the Chiefs played the Chargers, before they moved, it was, a, it was a big deal to Alex. And to play him as a division foe against his hometown team, you could just feel it in the fiber of his body to get ready for that game. And then, of course, one of the greatest comebacks really in recent NFL history and for sure in Chiefs Kingdom history was that opening game of 2016 
where the Chiefs really had no business winning that game, and Alex came back to win it. He did, and it was one of my favorite memories as just being a Chiefs <laughs> fan. I was out in Arizona. I was watching this game on, like, some streaming service or something, and it was the year after we got our first playoff win in forever. And we're coming into the season. We're hoping for big things. And, yeah, it's the fourth quarter, and we're trailing by a whole bunch, and it's like, what are we going to do? And then he leads this incredible, furious comeback. And for so many reasons, you might think because we work for the Chiefs that we see these guys every day, and it's just normal, and they're our friends. And for the most part, that's the case. But certain guys, they're still heroes. You know, and for me, I didn't work for the team then. Alex Smith is one of my heroes for so many reasons. And just because he comes into a team that was struggling so much, a proud franchise that was struggling so much. And from the get go, him and Coach Reed turned everything around. And his whole mentality and mindset and everything he brought, the guy was just a warrior, as I mentioned. And we saw it on full display in that game. So had an opportunity to catch up with him um, a few weeks ago, ask him about that game, get his thoughts and just see what he's doing now. All right, Alex, going to bring you back to 2016. It's week yeah. one. It's 24 to three late in the third quarter. How are you feeling? And how did, how did the comeback happen? Yeah, well, just as you draw it up. I mean, it's the opener, right? So you've been staring at that date for, you know, five months almost. You've been thinking about it for eight months, you know, getting off to a good start. Every team wants to get off to a good start. We're having a home opener against the division, you know, Chargers and you know, feeling great about the game plan and where we're going to go that season, you know, had high hopes for ourselves. And then, you know, obviously kind of laid, laid an egg as an understatement that first half. And yeah, and find yourself down 21, you know, to Phillip Rivers, um, not, not looking good. <laughs> I think we all had a really bad taste in our mouth. You're thinking, God, this, is, this isn't what we've been putting all this work in for, just come out and play like that. Um, so I think that was kind of the thought, like, let's, we gotta, let's get it going, man. Let's get, let's get playing good. You know, I think at that point, you know, there's no three, there's no 21 point plays. Yeah. Um, but I, I think with that, let's just, let's, let's, let's put, let's put a series together. Let's have some success out there. Let's move some chains. I think I do distinctly remember that. Like we got to get, just get some, something going, um, and to get some momentum, you know, and, uh, certainly I think that, you know, finally getting that first drive you know, getting that touchdown obviously was, was big. And what it feel like once it was overtime, right? You scored the game when you Yeah, so we finally, you know, yeah, we got one touchdown, you know, defense gets a stop, we get it back. And luckily we were able to get, you know, three touchdowns there when it mattered. And we go down and score, end the game, we send it, send it into overtime and got the ball first. And we were kind of obviously had a lot of momentum at that point, mm -hmm. you know, in the second half had been rolling and uh, put a drive together and we're driving into the, to the red zone and we kind of get stalled out down there in, in the goal line and, and you know there's the situation do you kick the field goal mm -hmm. um, you know the points in overtime and you know first game of the season there were some unpre uh, unscouted looks that they had presented that they were playing a lot that we weren't ready for and we had talked about different adjustments obviously over the course of that game and we'd made a few but one of the ones we had talked about was running speed option into this look which you don't really see at the NFL level. Yeah. You know, especially but back then. Yeah. And it's something we had kind of talked about over the years. We'd dabbled in here and there in, in, in very specific situations. And we'd kind of talked about it on the sideline, like potentially getting to it. And sure enough, they showed the same look down there, you know, in, in, in the goal, kind of big goal line right there. And they showed it and I, and I went with it, you know, I went with the check, the audible and everybody knew it, you know, and so a speed option and we run the speed option to the right and you know in my head there looked like this huge window for the end zone like it was like a no-brainer to dive in and score i mean yeah. I, I had no doubt i wasn't going to get in but then you watch it on tape and it's pretty close it's a pretty <laughs> bang bang play 
And if I would have pitched it, it probably would have walked in. Um, oh, but in my head, I remember it being, you know, pretty easy decision and diving in and getting the points immediately. And then, uh, you know, you never get a walk-off situation in yeah. football. I've never had a walk-off situation <laughs> where you score, and that's the game winner. And so to, to have that was really cool, like that at home. You know, stadium's going nuts, and we're all going nuts. Mm-hmm. And, and certainly for me to, to, to get to run it in like that, um, I certainly went a little crazy right after. Uh <laughs> Letting, you know, but that, I think that's the fun part. That's the part of coming here with Coach Reed, and you know, we talk about letting your personality show and yeah. you know having fun with the game, and, and to have a kind of high like that. I think it's important to celebrate those moments. Um, you know, it is funny. It is a you know, never forget uh, that game, and certainly even obviously the final, the end of it. But uh, yeah, I, you know, certainly got pretty excited after that. <laughs> well, so I was living in Arizona back then. I was just a fan, and I was watching like on. Sunday ticket or something, yeah. it's going crazy. And then my boss, who was a huge Chiefs fan too, ironically enough, out in Arizona, texted me the picture of you just going nuts yeah. right afterward. Yeah. And I'm like, that's our quarterback. Man. Yeah, and I had this, <laughs> I had the beard going full yeah. length then, and I just went crazy, uh, went crazy. But it was fun. I mean, they have that relationship with the community. Yeah. You know, with the with the with Arrowhead, it become such an amazing place, such an a home field advantage, and then to come back. And everybody's still there and, and rolling like that, obviously, was, uh, I mean, one of a kind. That doesn't happen everywhere. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's your childhood team, too, right? The Chargers? I grew up with the Chargers, so yeah. it's still hard for me to say L.A. I don't think I'll ever be able to say it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was fun. And, and you know, gotten to know Philip over the years, Rivers, and he's such a great competitor, you know, and to have some of those kind of battles like that that come down to the wire. And so many of them were over the years with him, um, obviously just because of the player he was. But fun, fun to compete against and obviously lucky to you know, come out on top that day. And looking at this year's matchup against the Chargers, you kind of know what Coach Reed is like and how he handles these divisional matchups. Yeah. How important are these games to him? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think that's one of the unique things here in this building is really celebrating those rivalries. You know, this is a, the old AFC and like celebrating them, you know, celebrating Charger Week, Raider Week, you know, like, you know, the Broncos, like that's that, that rivalry. And it, it's not just here in the building, it's all around town. I think the, every, the entire, uh, you know, the culture of the area, it's, it's about that. And that's what makes sports great, those rivalries. And so, uh, that's fun. I mean, I think that's a ton of fun. You should, those should be bigger. They should be more meaningful. Um, and it's fun to see that divi- this division still rolling, you know, really, really competitive, uh, you know, for a really good team. So, um, I think this year will be, uh, be, be hopefully some other great games, you know? Yeah. Leads into my last question for you. Just your evaluation as a former quarterback of Justin Herbert. What do you think of him? Yeah, gosh. I mean, I think kind of took the league by storm last year and it was really against the chiefs, right? They're yeah. week two, you know, and when, uh, you know, Tyrod went down and he was kind of forced into action and immediately played well. And I mean, you look at him and I think he, you know, big, strong kid can really throw it. But the thing that, that um, stood out to me was his ability to stand in there and make throws in the pocket, taking hits. It's pretty rare for a young kid. Um, I thought he did a really nice job of that. So it's, it'll be interesting to see here moving into year two. You know, I know they had a coaching change and, and where he goes from here. Um, I think it's great for football, obviously, to have the, you know, player his caliber come in as a young player and have that kind of success so yeah interested to see obviously as he as he goes into year two with the with the coaching change um you know where he goes based off last year all right great stuff there from alex smith wow. i could talk to that guy forever wow. and uh if you're going to watch hyvee chiefs insider later this week he'll also uh, we have a feature on him as well where i had to sit down and interview with him so check that out for sure i could listen to him talk about football and his life and his experiences and just everything that motivates him uh, all day long so he's an awesome dude for sure and you know who else and i'm man it's just, just taking me back i can still see that pass to spencer Ware, 42 <laughs> yards which was the key play they had to get a chunk on that game-winning drive and that was the chunk but two, another moment for me, uh, indulge me here, if you will. 
the Chiefs had just lost to the Titans at the end of the 2017 game as a gut punch game in the playoffs, and we all knew it was over. We all knew that Mahomes was going to be the quarterback going into 18. And I saw Alex and Elizabeth because his wife, Elizabeth, is as much a part of this story as Alex. But I saw them. Tammy, my wife, was there as well and loved Elizabeth. But we knew. Everybody knew. The four of us knew. It was going to go on. It was going to go on to Patrick. But it was a moment of sadness and admiration, kind of ambivalence all there at one time. But it's, a, it's one of those images I'll never forget, Matt, was seeing him, the disappointment. He couldn't get the Chiefs one more playoff victory and knowing it was time to hand it off because he knew how good Patrick was. Yeah. Uh, and then Elizabeth with the grace and courage and toughness that she had. Oh, yeah, she was a Raiderette, and she's beautiful. But that woman is as beautiful inside as out, and she's <laughs> might be as tough as Alex. Yeah, well, and, you know, he talked a lot about uh, that whole experience in the Chiefs Insider piece that we did, just mm. being the guy for Patrick. And mm-hmm. think how, much, how difficult that must have been for him where the guy is a pro. I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league at the time. He had an incredible season uh, in 2017. But you're right, Patrick Mahomes was here. It was time for him to shine. And how did Alex handle that? He handled it in a way that we don't see anywhere else in the league. He handled it like a true pro, and he taught Patrick Mahomes how to be a pro, how to learn his routine, how to be a guy in the building every day, how to be a leader of men. He taught him all those things. And uh, he talked about that in our feature on uh, Chiefs Insider. But I just have immense respect for the man Mm. that Alex Smith is, not just the player, and the player was awesome, but also the man that he is. No question. I went back and looked. He has 23 comebacks in his career in the fourth <laughs> quarter. 11 of those were with the Chiefs. Wow. And we remember the Charger overtime victory, but you go back and look at it. At Tennessee in 2013, he had three of them in 2014. At the Chargers, at Buffalo, Seattle at home. That was a big win uh, that year to beat a really good Seattle team, and he outdueled yeah. Russ Wilson in that one in the cold. Uh, the 15 game at the Raiders. In 16, the Charger game we uh, chronicled. The 16 game at Carolina, EB also had a pick six in that game. And then the 16 game at Denver. The 17 game at New England, classified as a comeback. And then... Uh, uh, Philadelphia and Washington that same year at home. So 11 comeback victories uh, as this podcast featuring on bounce backs, comebacks, Alex Smith, and the Chargers. Now, I don't know. I, I think Alex has to do the laundry some of the time, not just Elizabeth, <laughs> all right? And we assign, that's what I appreciate about the 30 for 30 and the work that ESPN did in trying to see where Alex came back from really a miracle. You look at what happened, that gruesome injury to his leg when he was quarterback in the Washington football team, and to come back from that is nothing like – that's an Old Testament miracle to me. But one of the great stories there was Elizabeth because as tough as Alex is, you know there had to be times just his human nature to go, is this all worth it? And she was there with him being not only his sidekick, but a mom and a leader in that family, which deserves mention. Yeah, absolutely. And just what an inspiration their whole family is. And I have a personal connection to it because not nearly as bad of an injury, but my mom broke her leg uh, Mm. back in May. She broke her leg power walking. I'll make fun of her later for that. I don't know how you break her leg power walking. But she broke her leg power walking uh, and had a pretty bad injury. I mean, her tibia snapped in half. And it's like a long, long recovery where you're spending lots of time just laying on the couch, just sitting there, just thinking about it. Like, will I ever be able to have full range of motion? Can I run again? All these different things. And she looked at Alex Smith for inspiration. And if this guy can go through all of this and play pro football again, I can get through my personal struggles. So just once again, immense respect for what he can do and what he's done in his career. And he's going to keep doing it. The guy will keep being an inspiration because it's just who he is. His whole family is truly that way. And your mom's an athlete recruited by Mississippi State and Tennessee for women's basketball. Yeah, go Vols. Uh, Yeah, go Vols. But that 
and the infection just gruesome. The fact that he somehow avoided amputation is, again, it's a miracle. But what a terrific story about Alex Smith. Now, we want to mention, because through the fall and through the winter, we're going to talk about Tide here a little bit. That's why I'm saying Elizabeth's going, hey, Alex, you do the laundry this week. And I'm sure that when Alex does it, he is looking at using this unique approach because she's kingdom. We're turning to cold water washing with Tide. Uh, and we're calling on you all throughout the kingdom uh, to do the same. It saves money on energy bills, and it's uh, tough enough to tackle uh, NFL stains. All right? We know that your family's got NFL stains. All right, so it can handle a little nacho cheese when you go to GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium when that guy probably in front of you dumps uh, all kinds of crud on you. But best of all, Tide is giving fans, get this now, for you defending the kingdom fans throughout the uh, kingdom, the ultimate reason to turn to cold. And it's a talking Chiefs cold washer. It's a washing machine that reminds you to turn to cold at every turn with the voice of Travis Kelsey. You ready for this? Here we go. Take it from me. Cold can tackle all your stains. Amazing, right? Isn't that incredible? You can talk to Kelsey while you're doing laundry. While you're doing laundry, Travis Kelsey's talking to you. And it's like, oh, man, you're going to need a little more cold on that. Uh... So your Chiefs Tide cold washer could be yours. Just take the pledge and turn it to cold and enter for a chance to win at Tide.com. I want one of our winners to be from Tanzania on this. Yeah, Tanzania. Can't you imagine? Or let's take things to the next Rwanda? level. Yeah, if we want a listener Australia. on every continent, we need yeah. Antarctica still. They can bring the washer to Antarctica and wash on cold in Antarctica. If, what, what do you think? If you're living on Antarctica... <laughs> You're going to do cold water wash <laughs> and have Travis Kelsey to remind you to do, hey, Kelsey, I got it. It's a little cold outside, so I'll just do cold water wash here as yeah. I put it put it by my uh, my uh, penguin in my igloo. Uh, <laughs> just but, ideas. But seriously, uh, really, it's great promotion by Tide, and you too can have Travis Kelsey talking to you in your laundry room. I think that'll be awesome. Uh, I could just see him going, hey, that's not right. You need to do this better. <laughs> hey, you got to fight for the right to do your laundry. Uh <laughs> But uh, honestly, as we wrap things up on this edition of Defending the Kingdom, talking about bounce backs, because both the Chargers and Chiefs, not desperate, but it's yeah, kind of close, as late September desperation can be to not go two and a one and two to be two and one. Uh, and then the comebacks and realizing the greatest example, I think, of a mental, physical, and emotional comeback in football and in life is Alex Smith. And there will come a day, and I've been chastised for this, because I've said publicly, I look forward to the day to, to introduce him as a new member of our uh, Ring of Honor. I think yeah. he'll be up there someday. And fans have, you know, hammered me and I've tried, try not to troll uh, with him and get into a troll battle. But I've got a, we've both got enough evidence to, to make our case in front of the Chiefs Kingdom Supreme Court that Alex Smith should be on that Ring of Honor someday. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks in Chiefs history for so many reasons. And a lot of his stats, people may not realize this, a lot of his stats are up there uh, with Len Dawson and, and Trent Green and Joe Montana and all these great quarterbacks. But also just what he meant. And when you live through the time period from – you know, 2011, 2012, and how everything totally changed when he got here with Coach Reed. I mean, it's just, you can't even put it into words. Everything changed. And once again, this this franchise has such a proud history. I mean, people are proud to be Chiefs fans. I'm proud to be a Chiefs fan. I've been my whole life. You've been that way too. And when the team on the field 
in 2013, everything changed. It just amplified that further. And it's like, this is the team that we know that we can be. And when the team won the Super Bowl a couple years ago, when they went to the Super Bowl last year, when hopefully we go to several more of them in the years to come, that foundation was laid back in 2013. And I think it's just always important to remember that and that when this team is hoisting hopefully more Lombardi trophies moving forward, it really began with Alex Smith and everything that he gave to the city. And let's close this way, because we opened talking about the Chiefs division dominance. Do not forget, Chiefs Kingdom, whatever continent you're watching or listening on, that the first two of those five straight division championships belonged to Alex Smith. He was the first Chiefs quarterback to win back-to-back division titles. Lenny didn't do it. Trent didn't do it. He did it. And he had to do it against and beat a 12-4 and Raiders team on a big Thursday night showdown. Then in 17, he had to be a beacon of strength when the team lost six out of seven games and still came back to win the division. If Alex Smith wasn't the quarterback in those two years, the Chiefs don't win the division in those two years. So, yes, his point and his 50 wins as a Chiefs quarterback, that's enough for me to put him on the ring of honor. And what it did is it laid a culture, and it laid a culture that we heard from the guys post-game on Sunday. That was a gut punch of a game. How easy would it have been to point fingers, to blame people, to pout? But did any of the guys do that? I mean, Travis Kelsey said we have to man up. Tyron Matthews said sometimes it's good if you get punched in the mouth every once in a while because that's when this team responds best. Tyron Matthews wasn't even here when Alex Smith was here, but he knows what the culture is like because when Alex got here, he established that. And it's echoed on through players that weren't here when he was here. That's the culture that we have here, and that's why I know this team will be just fine moving forward and they'll figure out the issues because they have the culture. That's the most important important thing teams would kill for that culture and they can't ever find it the Chiefs have the culture they have the players it's about just putting it back together turning the page getting to next week and what a great opportunity it is to go out there on Sunday against the Chargers in front of our home crowd and show everyone that this team is not the team that ended the game against Baltimore they're the team that will hopefully be raising the Lombardi trophy at the end of the year your point's a good one truthfully the Chargers are searching for that culture I mean, they're trying to get that, and so we'll see. It's a big game this week. But you can argue with Matt about trying to say, well, Alex Smith shouldn't be in the ring of honor. You can argue with me, but I'm going to tell you who I'll put in front of you, and I'll play the trump card here. Try to argue against Patrick Mahomes because I'm going to tell you what. Patrick Mahomes would say, put Alex Smith on the ring of honor because of what he meant to me in that apprenticeship. You know Patrick feels that way. A hundred percent. Their relationship is awesome. And once again, you don't see that across the league. I mean, it's it can be awkward sometimes, but the relationship that those two dudes had back then and that they still have today is truly special. It's why so many times when teams are pr- trying to bring in young quarterbacks, when they already have a veteran, it just doesn't work. But here it works so seamlessly and so perfectly for all parties. Everyone got what they wanted out of that, uh, and everyone had success after the fact. And it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. We're so lucky that not only that we have Patrick Mahomes, but also that we had Alex Smith to be his mentor from the get go. Yeah, so if you want to argue with Patrick Mahomes, go ahead. Otherwise, stand down, unless you're going to the game this week and stand up (laughs) and be loud at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. So thanks for being with us on this edition of Defending the Kingdom, where two teams will try to bounce back, and we feature. The comeback kid of all comeback kids of the Chiefs, Alex Smith. Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins at Arrowhead.